It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by TeePublic.com for the t-shirt lovers and the t-shirt designers who like to have fun, laugh, look good, feel comfortable, get good jobs, get sweaty dancing, and go home with someone who also does those things. And we love TeePublic.com so much that we created our own store with all of our fun t-shirts and everything on TeePublic, including the BGN Radio store right now is on sale. $14 for all of the t-shirts that we have on there. Just go to bgnradio.com, click on the store, and everything is there for you. Also, 15 to 25% off right now of all the accessories, mugs, stickers, phone cases, onesies, and a lot more. Just head to tpublic.com or, again, to bgnradio.com and click on the store. You're listening to BGN Radio. Anyone that wants to doubt me, I'm just it just fuels the fire, you know, and um, I'm just ready to prove anybody wrong and um, prove people right, the people that believed in me. So I'm ready, ready to go. Oh, what's going on? Bleeding Green Nation. It is episode number 246 of the BGN Radio podcast, and I'm not excited because it's 246. I'm not excited that we got BGN Radio t-shirts on sale for $14, and this is the last day that you can get them, although you can at the BGN Radio store. Just go to BGNRadio.com and click on the store, and you can get taken care of there. I'm not even excited that I uh, it peed for two straight minutes, and it was the best feeling in the world. Boys, I'm excited because training camp is right around the corner. We finally made it through the we dead zone. It. Here it is. Hey, uh, Mr. Brandon Lee Gouton, editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation, Judges. What's going on, pal? How are you? Let's go. Let's get this thing going. Let's start up. Uh, Jack Fritz from the Counterpoint Podcast, looking lovely, and also uh, producing the Midday Show today in in place of James, who is in Portland, who currently right now at 4.50 p.m. on a Thursday is, in fact, dead. He's dead? Yeah, he's dead. Again. He told us in the text thread, I'm, I'm dead. R.I.P. in peace. Um, <laughs> I'm good, John. I'm, I, uh, I'm doing tomorrow 10 to 6, so I'm pulling the old, uh, that's going to be a nice little 10-hour day for me tomorrow. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Everybody's working hard, and uh, we've got a lot of great things that are ahead of us, including... Uh, we are indeed, I will just tease this now, everything has not been signed, dotted, and eyed, but we will be joining up with the Green Legion, and we will be going 
to Los Angeles this season. So that's more fun and important oh, news for us. There we go. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all the details on that are up in the air, but just want to let you know we are going to L.A. We're going to be podcasting and doing all sorts of fun things out there, and it's going to be a great time. The morning show is going to be there, too, and it's it's very, 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 very exciting. So, BLG, uh, what are the players that need to have the strongest summer in, in training camp, in pre in preseason games and everything to basically make the team, make the season better? What's the first thing that uh, pops off of your head? Yeah, I think when you think about this kind of question, we're usually talking about the depth guys, you know, the bottom of the roster, the bubble guys, if you will. But I'm not going in that direction to start us off. I'm going a little bit different here. I'm going with the guy who looked great in spring practices. No, not Nelson Aguilar, although we might be hearing his name later. That's a little bit of a tease for you. It's <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey for me. I think, you know, this guy... I think it's kind of a little understated how good of a spring he had even, and, and even just the fact that he was able to, knock on wood as I'm saying this, stay healthy, and, and that's what we just really need from him. And cause those were the biggest concerns with Alshon, is staying on the field and staying out of trouble in terms of suspension and all that. And so far, he, he looks like he's been doing a great job. He was out there with the wide receivers. Not only was he hanging out with everyone in North Dakota with Carson Wentz, but he was fired up about it. He yeah. was taking pictures. He was doing dunks between his legs. He's uh, taking videos, periscoping everything. He seems to really like this team. I like to see that. And I think, you know, uh, building on that, I want to see him have a real strong summer, get through this uh, training camp and preseason, ready to go for week one, and to really be that dominant force. Because I don't want Austin Jeffrey to just come in here and be a guy. Like, that's not what we need. We need him to come in and be number one wide receiver, scaring the crap out of cornerbacks every week and being that guy that Carson Wentz can rely on every single play. Absolutely. We need I know we're we're we've discussed a lot in the offseason about what if Elshon is at 900 yards, what if he's at 850? We need him to be at 1100. We need 1100. We need 10 touchdowns, we need 9 touchdowns, we need 8 touchdowns, we need somewhere in that vicinity to see him rock and roll. I agree, Jack, who's on your list who needs to have a strong summer. First back to Brandon real quick. Uh, not only did <laughs> did Alshon not even have the best camp, according to, to to most folks down there, but he didn't have the best dunk when he was out there in North Dakota. No one even talks about it. Wow! Nelson Aguilar had an insane dunk that no one talks about, and I saw I didn't it. Hear about this? Yeah, it was it was way better, and he's not and he had a better camp, so it's crazy. He's gonna have a better year than Alshon. Um, <laughs> uh, my first guy is, is not in in worried of making the team or anything, but <laughs> more in easing my tensions, and that is Carson Wentz. I think he has to wow. come out. Have a nice camp. Uh, hopefully, you see some of those mechanics get ch- changed and fixed, and you you don't see the same issues he had last year with the ball sailing. And I, and, I, and I'm confident in that. You know, he, he had a tough middle of the season, figured it out a little bit at the end of the season. Um, but I, I'm I'm confident in in his whole off season. Now he has the whole off season to work on those mechanics. I like the people that he worked with, not only his coaching staff, but he went out into to outside coaches. I'm I'm confident in it. Now I just want to see it. Yeah, I think there's there's something to that and getting into the rhythm of things. And I don't know if it, if if he needs that to kind of start off right away. Maybe by preseason, I think by more to preseason. Make sure yeah, I want to see in the first preseason. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's and I think that's totally valid. And honestly, if <laughs> if you don't think that all of us and I'm asking, and it, it, it listen, it might be celebrating it too early. 
But if there is a Donovan to T.O. moment with Wentz and Alshon in the like in the opening preseason game, in the very first or second play, oh where they just say, fuck it, I'm going deep, and it splits two guys, it splits the safeties, and it's a 60-yard touchdown, I, if I don't see hashtag air yards bitch throughout my entire timeline, we have done something <laughs> wrong. Absolutely. So I'm, I, I might just be dead, actually. So. <laughs> just the whole, I don't think I'll maybe, be alive. Maybe Twitter will just shut down yeah, in general. Oh, my God. Uh, and then just at Emery Hunt and at Charles McDonald as much as possible, then it'll be a lot of fun. Vernon Adams. That's right. That's right. So uh, I, I think that is is definitely the case, especially just I think for our tummies, I think you're right. I think overall if Wentz is – Kind of a little bit of an up and down. It won't drive everybody crazy. I'm sure we'll all talk about it, at, you know, at, at nauseum if it if it's getting there. But I still kind of think that BLG's theory of he's just a he's kind of a gamer is true. Uh, but he definitely needs the the mechanical issues and things to kind of work out there. Boys, I'm going with Razul Douglas needs to have a very strong summer from start to finish because at the end of the day, he is your number one starting cornerback. It is not going to be Patrick Robinson, and if it is. There's going to be a, a heart attacks and heartbreak all over this place because as much as we want to say like yeah there is a, uh, a, a, a you know some some nice things about this secondary and I, I feel I think everybody feels good about Malcolm and Rodney and all those guys that are that are hanging behind there even some some third safety talk as we go along here um, there's still not a ton of confidence in Jalen Mills and I know that people are are rooting for him and they think that he's going to have a great second year and honestly if he does for this Eagles team that takes a lot of headaches away especially when we start talking about playoff talk and things like that so for for Wentz to do his thing I think is great but the downfall of this team will be in that secondary there will be games be given up uh, by that and if these guys aren't ready by you know white week five week six whatever so I think Razul Douglas needs to come in there and take the starting job away immediately and take his lumps. That's that's at least what I want. I don't want to hear talk of, well, he just needs a couple of weeks just to hang out and see how this thing speeds up and does all this different stuff. Uh, I, I need Razul Douglas to have a very strong summer. So Patrick Robinson is more of a depth guy and maybe even can play a little nickel and play some outside in certain situations and dime and whatever else. But uh, it, that's I need Razul Douglas to get rocking and rolling here, BLJ. Yeah, I'm right with you there, John. I need to see Rizal step up and earn that starting job, and I think he can. I'm not counting on it as a, a lock right now, but just think about, even looking beyond this season, how nice it would be if Rizal Douglas shows just this, you know, he's not some kind of shutdown cornerback as a rookie. I mean, that would be awesome, but if he at least can just be the uh, show the makings of being a solid starter, and then going into next offseason knowing you're adding Sidney Jones too, and you could have these two young quarterback cornerbacks on the outside, that would be awesome. And those cornerbacks would be facing, potentially, the next guy on my list here, who is none other than the man who was by some, but by meaning by some who were wrong, uh, the best player. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Receiver. Do you not listen to the Counterpoint podcast? <laughs> Jesus. Um, the best wide receiver in the spring practices, which he was not, but he certainly surprised, and that's Nelson Aguilar. And for me to be picking him, you know, obviously is it says something, or at least it should say something if you've ever uh, been aware of my stance on Nelson Aguilar, which I am not, you know, ever really expecting much from him, considering just how bad he's been. Again, this isn't a player we're talking about here who's like, you know, they struggled, but they're trying or you know like you can see some promise no to me it's he's been so awful he's been one of the worst wide receivers in the league if not the worst 
So for him to come in the spring and look good, that was surprising. But now the pads are going to go on in training camp, and I need to see how he looks when things are kind of getting more geared up towards real football. We're obviously... I need to see how he proves himself in preseason and all of that as well in the real games. But I really need to see Nelson Aguilar step up here and prove that the spring practices weren't just a fluke and that he can kind of carry over this progress he's made into the actual season. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% uh, uh, with that regard. I think there are a lot of people that are going to look at that. If he does have a strong summer and go, it doesn't matter. I have, I still haven't seen it in a game before because we even saw in the, his first year, I still have, and this is why I think I've always still believed in Nelson Aguilar, is Mark Sanchez, and much like you were talking about with the DGB thing preseason, but like Mark Sanchez throws the worst ball I've ever seen to Nelson Aguilar. He somehow grabs it, turns around, pivots, and runs through everybody down the sideline for a touchdown. And then I was like, there it is. There's the guy that uh, you know we all sat on the couch and scouted through YouTube. That guy's the guy. That will replace Jeremy Macklin. This is going to be fine. I think that we actually need to see it in an actual game, and I don't think a strong summer is going to help Nelson Aguilar's cred at least. But I do agree that if he needs to have a strong camp to maybe even get a little more uh, of those snaps in the slot and rotate with Jordan, uh, Jordan Matthews. Yeah, I still need to see it in the game. I mean, I'm excited for what I've seen from the OTAs, all of that, but ultimately it really comes down to what he, what he does in the game. And if he does go off in a game, and it's not just that one flash play he talked about, it's it's consistent, competent wide receiver play, <laughs> unlike anything we've seen before from Nelson. Um, I'll be a lot more excited about him. And I'm, I'm excited now marginally, but if he comes out in preseason, looks competent, um, looks like he's he's getting it finally, I'll be triply excited. Like, I want to I wanna talk myself into Nelson. I really like Nelson. I've talked about it before. I think he's a really good guy, a good guy to keep around, and not lazy like like Marcus Smith and, and DGB. So I'm rooting <laughs> for him in that way. So my second guy is Vinny Curry, and it's because not only I, – I just think from a depth standpoint, I think the Eagles have, have talent along the defensive line. We all know that as well. But I, I, I've talked about it before. I'm worried about a Brandon Graham regression. And I think if Vinny Curry can, can show something – show that he is coming back from that injury that he had last season. He can spell Brandon Graham a little, a little bit this year, let Brandon uh, rest up and be even more ferocious in the fourth quarter and closing out games. Because in the first half of last year, more than half of last year, Brandon Graham was at his best in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And as the season went on, went on, you can't keep that pace up. I think a fresh Vinny Curry helps that a little bit. Uh, Chris Long, I don't really know what he's going to be. I think, he's, I think he could be good, but I'm also worried about his age and his whiteness. And, um, <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, Derek Barnett's a rookie. I, I like Derek Barnett a lot, but the, to just say, hey, he's going to be the guy, regardless, whatever, he's going to come in and be dominant right away. I want to be there. I'm perfectly fine being there. I'm just not 100% saying that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and just as far as, uh, and I know BLG and I've had this discussion too, where, it's, it, where his contract is at least it have to be serviceable for what he's he's giving you. So, I mean, even if he is that... 30% guy that is in there, but the, during those 30% times, like it's almost guaranteed he gets a sack. Then I think you have the discussion of like, okay, well, it was worth to keep around, keep leg, all those legs fresh, just like you're saying, Jack. And, you know, I, I think he needs to have a strong summer. I think he needs to have a strong season too, BLG. Yeah, I mean, just you got nothing out of him last year. And I mean, you got some hurries. The hurry numbers are better, obviously, than the sack numbers. He made 2.5, the same as Marcus Smith, as I like to point out, which is crazy, <laughs> despite the fact that like Marcus Smith played 200 less snaps. But yeah, the, the Vinnie Curry contract is just 
when you really look at it, it's kind of just insane. Like he's like the fourth highest cap hit on the team. Like that's ridiculous. And again, it's not even just like uh, like you can p- complain about the Ertz contract all you want, but at least the guy plays. Like Vinny Curry couldn't even get on the field. Like to me, that's even more disappointing than a guy who's at least able to get on the field. So um, he needs to to ha- be some kind of valuable member in this pass rush rotation. I don't know how much he will be because you did bring in Chris Long. You do have Derek Barnett, and I think Barnett has the potential to, if not beat out Vinnie Curry week one, and mm-hmm. I don't even know how much that matters anyway because I think those guys are going to rotate fairly often. He has to have some kind of significant role in this pass rush rotation, as Jack said, just to keep the other guys fresh and to do his part, and uh, I think Vinny has the potential to do that. I don't think he's going to be this dominant starter that you know the Eagles obviously would I think they would have hoped he would have been after you signed him to that kind of contract but if he can be a con- contributor uh, to contract you can at least live with and then you could pretty much move on from him after this season absolutely and uh I, you know as opposed to the to the big name guys I'm starting to get into uh get down in the depth chart there I think Corey Clement needs to have an outstanding summer and that's not just because of Anything else other than he needs to make this football team that way. Uh, you know, there probably might be a few folks that might snatch him up that might need some running backs. Maybe he doesn't make it to the practice squad. Maybe the Eagles lose out and we all, you know, cry uh, Henry Josie after he has like a couple of good preseason games. I just think now that what they've had and uh, with uh, bringing in like, you know, LeGarrette Blunt and a bunch of other these these guys that are going through here, the, the running back situation just got really, really stacked with depth there. And I know that, you know, uh, it's a one-year deal for LeGarrette Blunt. Darren Sproles only has one year, uh, but that still doesn't mean that, you know, they're, they're going anywhere this year in particular. Uh, for as much of the, well, there's your bell cow running back stuff that happened when he got signed and how he just kind of came in here in OTAs, who, I, and it's not that he did anything wrong, he just didn't really stand out. And again, I, I always thought he was just kind of, just a guy. Maybe he can prove me wrong uh, by doing that, and, or, or maybe he's he's a guy that replaces the Garrett Blunt after next year. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. I just need to see what what the Eagles see in him because as, as much as I you know, saw his college career, and there's a lot of different people that said, well, it's just the injuries that kind of kept him down from being great in a lot of this stuff. Then I, I I would like to see that through the summertime here, BLG, and I'm not really sure if he I, I, is he on the he's already on the outside looking in. Do you expect him to make this football team at all? I don't think there's any chance, really, because you have you're going to have your four running backs, and to me, that's Legarrette Blunt's a lock, and Darren Sproles obviously a lock. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey is a lock. I think Wendell Smallwood to me is a lock. I'm pretty sure they're not going to give up on him after just one year. I know Deuce Staley, we've always talked about that, uh, likes him a lot. So I don't I don't think Smallwood's going anywhere, and that's your four right there. I don't think they're keeping five. You can keep. Corey Clement on the practice squad probably so that's really what he's fighting for this summer an opportunity to stay around and and that's valuable because if he can stay on this team um as you said John maybe you know Blunt's probably only here for a year Darren Sproles is expected to retire maybe Smallwood doesn't amount to anything maybe Corey Clement isn't anything this year but maybe he sticks around on the practice squad he comes back next offseason and all of a sudden you know the Eagles could easily still sign someone or draft someone next offseason but Corey Clement would also be in the mix. He would have a shot to step up then. So maybe he's not playing so much for an opportunity this summer as much as he is trying to get into the good standing uh, with the long term with the team. And speaking of depth guys, keeping with this theme, uh-huh. uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of going with a guy who 
Uh, you probably, you know, I think we all recognize this name by now. Uh, Tupac who Shakur? Certainly. Oh. Who? <laughs> who, does, who is it? <laughs> I said Tupac Shakur. Oh, yeah. Biggie Smalls? Well, I recognize exactly. those names. <laughs> uh, that's that's my number seven. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, Aaron Grimes. Yes. The, the good old, the good old grimy. Um, as no one nickname? calls him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's no one calls him. Well, no it, it's a thing him. now. So, old, good old grimy. Mark it down. The um, first day of training camp. <laughs> so, how did you get this nickname again? <laughs> um, anyway, I have no yeah, idea. Grime ball. <laughs> yeah. I think you know we all look at Jalen Mills and Rasul Douglas as the obvious guys who really need to step up at cornerback. I think Grimes is an interesting name because. When you look at how he's practiced, every single time, at least in the spring this year, and I don't know if you, you saw the same thing, John, but to me, he stood out at least one time every single practice. Yep. Like he's always doing at least one good thing, and it's like, huh, you know, that's, that's nice to see, it's especially when you have this cornerback position where it's supposed to be this big weakness. At least you have this one guy who's kind of doing his thing. And, and look, he looked good last year. Last When I saw him in spring last year, when I saw him in training camp last year, he obviously had that amazing interception in the Steelers game where he basically ran the wide receiver's route and picked it off. And it was incredible. Unfortunately, he got hurt on that play. But uh, I think Grimes is an interesting player here. He The Eagles gave him some first-team reps with the nickel defense, so I think he could potentially beat out Ron Brooks and be your nickel starter or at least be uh, some kind of rotational player in here. I think Grimes is an under-the-radar name to watch. I, I don't expect him to kind of get an opportunity on the outside, but if he can come in and be that nickel guy, then you, you don't have to put Malcolm Jenkins down in the slot there, and you can rely on him, and I think that helps the defense as a whole. Absolutely, and, the, and I agree with your assessment 100%. I mean, there's a, there was a pass breakup. There was something where he was just always in the lane there, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for, for Aaron Grimes in his training camp. Aaron Grimes, uh, yeah, and I think it's only helping my prediction like three weeks ago where I said I just I think the cornerbacks aren't going to be great, but I don't think they're going to be atrocious because yes. I think they're going to be just I think they're going to be serviceable, and that's all I can ask for. <laughs> One time, just some serviceable corner. And that's the part of this that you know we've all been waiting for, and I think that they've been saying for a long time, if the secondary is serviceable and the pass rush is finally going to meet that expectation that we all thought was going to happen last year, then the serviceable secondary looks like a good secondary. You know, that's the difference between all that stuff is that half second more, uh, it, the better pass rushers, and hopefully this thing kind of blows up into uh, into what we all expected here. Jack, and what's uh, what's last last group on your list here? It's not a player. It's, a, it's, a, it's players. It's the left guard position. I want to see yes. someone break out. And and show that they want that that job. I don't really care if it's Barbary or Warmack or Wisniewski or whoever it is. Just someone be good there. Someone 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 pop, look dominant, and complete this offensive line. Do we still want Jason Kelsey to be traded at this point? You know, I'm saying if there is a no doubt about that, there is like all right, everything looks cool. Isaac Sayomalo looks like he's going to play left guard. Should Wisniewski step in there and do like what? What do we want at the end of the day? Do we want Jason Kelsey to be great, or do we want? I mean, good, serviceable, or do we? Would we rather just trade him and and just start start afresh? I I just want whatever is going to make the team the best. Like if Kelsey comes out, looks like he's stronger, looks like he can hold up in in this kind of offense, not get pushed back by dominant defensive linemen. Great, I'm happy with that because it's not like you have to get rid of him right now. 
So it, if, whatever helps the team in in the best way possible, that's what I want. And then he can give it. And if someone else looks fine, like say Amalu looks like he can come in and play center, then after the season, move on from Jason Kelsey. And if say Amalu, in the contrary, if say Amalu comes in, dominates at center, Kelsey looks like he's still getting beasted by guys in the middle, then move on from him. I just want I want whoever makes this team better right away. I and I don't need to get rid of Kelsey just to get rid of him. And BLG, yeah, obviously your assessment on what's going to happen at that left guard position, uh, but at 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 one at what point do, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm basically going to ask you the same question: Does Jason Kelsey is is he is he here to make Carson Wentz more comfortable in his second year? Because why change up the center position when it really doesn't need to? Uh, Kelsey's been doing it for a long time, and they probably have a great rapport already. Do you think there's that's a bigger factor than overall talent and ability from him this season? I definitely think that plays into it, the fact that Carson has that communication and that chemistry with Jason Kelsey. Uh, that's a factor that goes into this. As far as left guard goes, I think you know it's going to be, I think it's pretty much almost obvious that it's going to be Isaac Sumalo, unless like he just really struggled. Then it opens up to maybe Barber's in there, or maybe Warmax steps up, which I don't think is likely. I think he's probably just more of a backup, but um, there's some possibilities there. I think it's interesting because we saw Sumalo get some reps at center. Like I think that's an interesting thing to be happening right now. And I think um, if Jason Kelsey, I think the Jason Kelsey situation is somewhat similar to the Jordan Matthews situation in that the Eagles aren't just going to ship out Jason Kelsey for a seventh round pick. Like I don't see the point of doing yeah. that. That's that's you don't do that. There's no point. You're not just getting rid of him to get value any value you can. I think he has more value to the team in that circumstance. But if someone's coming and offering you like a fourth, which I don't think would happen, nope. but let's say they did, I think at that point you might just have to because you already have Wisniewski and you already have Sumalo and you already have Warmack who and Barber. Like you have all these guys. I think if someone comes with a strong offer for Kelsey and you would save cap space too. Yeah, I just don't see how you would say no to that. And and who do you think? Uh, it, well, real quick, Jack, go ahead to get yeah, another point. Who? How much do you value what he brings pre-snap? Like, how much do you value when he comes up the line? He makes this. He sees what's going on out there and translates to Carson. Do you value that a lot, or because I don't think I don't think Sayamalu or Wisniewski really bring the same kind of mental side of the game to the line when they walk up to it? How, I, I, do you value that a lot or I've, not at all? Just from everything that, and Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong. Everything I've been told is Isaac Sayamalu is so smart. Really, and yeah, and that Wisniewski is actually so smart when it comes to all of those different things. Now, Wisniewski seems like kind of a butthole, but <laughs> really but does. but but he also is like one of those guys that like I know everything. I'm the center, and everybody's supposed to hate me, guys. So I I, I don't know, BLG. I I think that there is I think there is definitely some value with that, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think it matters between all of that stuff. I think but both of those guys are very capable of of doing the same thing. Yeah, it's hard to say. Obviously, I think that's really a good question for Carson, and obviously he's going to say Kelsey is really valuable. I mean, where are you so. going to steal that? You're going to ask that on the first day of training camp because Jack's going to be well, yeah. with us too. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, you're not going to. No, I have my answer. questions lined up. You know my questions already. <laughs> Thank you. But you know, I think you have to look at it like in that sense. Yes, I think Kelsey has more value than those guys, perhaps from that perspective. But even still, I think he's really only going to be here. We thought he, we thought there was a pretty good chance he wasn't going to be back for this season. So I think, you know, reading the tea leaves, I don't think he's really back after this year. So if you can get, again, like a fourth-round pick for him, which I'm not expecting, but if, I'm saying if that's on the table, I mean, you have to take that pick over one season of a guy who yeah. might know, you know, the call is better. And that's what's going to be the most interesting about thing about this summer is there's – 
and it's and I feel really bad for Brandon. I really do. Here's why. There's one cut down day. Right? So there I mean it is just going to be an atrocious amount of transactions in 12 hours and we're not going to see BLG for a while. I love we're not going to talk to him. We're not going to I don't even know if he'll be uh, alive again like everybody dies here every now and again. Uh, that's going to be the worst day ever for Brandon Leagout. I love how you feel bad for Brandon, but not the players getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm the real victim. Awesome. Yeah, the, the real victim is the guy that says, hey, man, uh, there was a red tag in your locker. Yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry, Brandon. Coach wants to see you. Bring your playbook. Yeah, but um, did you think about Brandon Lee Gowden, coach? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, what's funny too is like, how does that? How do the conversations go? Do you think they have the conversations like long before the cut down day? It's just like, hey, we're going to give you some more playing time. Uh, we're going to do a whole bunch of other different things so you can try and you know maneuver yourself and get to a team. But um, yeah, man, sorry, you're going to be cut, but you're going to play in the last preseason game. Why are they doing only one day? The own, I don't know. The owners ratified it. I think it's because so they don't have to. Maybe it gives them a little more time to evaluate. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, that it seems weird. season game when there's backups only playing anyway. Yeah, and just kind of throw everybody in there and it gives gives people a rest. And maybe it's because that they just need all those bodies in camp to get through camp. You know, I, I don't know they, 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 to make to make the players a little more happy. I think all that bullshit is just to get. Get where the CBA is going to be in 2020. It's like, well, we're giving you all the players now. No, you don't have to. All the starters don't have to wear themselves out. And you know, we're trying to, we're trying to help. I think that's more or less what it is. But maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, again, I'll feel bad for Brandon. I'll feel mostly bad for the players that aren't getting the opportunities. Thank you. But it's not like they can't land somewhere else. And uh, it might be a boat race. There might just be so many trades that day. On top of that, like I have no idea how it's going to work. So if they if they finally come up with a deal and it's okay, we'll give you Jason Kelsey and Michael Kendricks, and you give us a pick, and we'll we'll swap picks, and you give us uh, Chicago. Finally, you know, send over uh, all the corners that you have because we need the depth. And thank you very much. Uh, so leading to that, as uh, you know, we've uh, we've gone all over the place here with uh, who needs to have a strong summer. And it's not just because we interviewed him on the BGN radio show. And if you uh, haven't listened to it already, you definitely should. How y'all doing today? I was actually just watching you uh, rap uh, a little bit through. I think it was your Instagram or something like that. Is that what you do? <laughs> Is that what you do through doing your off season, man? You're trying to get those reps down too. Oh man, hey, Freestyle Friday. Man. That's right. <laughs> what do you say? Just a little hobby on the side. I think it's going to be Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson needs to have the strongest summer out of all these guys. You're competing against a fifth round pick, who, despite you know all, all the different kind of headaches that he's had and uh, and and just struggles with with OTAs and dropping the football, uh, you know you have Sheldon Gibson, who is a guy that they want to keep around. Like he's he's going to be the next deep threat that's going on. You're also competing against a fourth round rookie in, in Mac Collins, who's already pretty much guaranteed a spot, and a guy that's only making five hundred thousand dollars of guaranteed money in Torrey Smith. It's pretty limited here. Like Marcus is uh, is is so easy to root for, and I think he 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 can be a, a nice uh, you know fifth sixth wide receiver and kind of work his way up uh, from there, and maybe even be a, a tiny bit of a surprise and have a, a very good NFL career. Uh, and he needs to have the strongest summer out of all of the wide receivers that are here now. I, I you know every, everybody else to me is practically safe, and he needs to make. So much noise that it is absolutely impossible, BLG, for them to consider anyone else or just having Sheldon Gibson on an active roster spot or any of that. I think Marcus uh, Marcus Johnson needs to have the strongest summer out of anybody that I can think of. 
I don't like to read into spring practices too much where you're looking at them and you're saying, all right, you know, this guy really, you know, is good. So he's definitely locked to make the team because uh, he was good in OTAs and things like that. There's only so many things you can take. We've talked about this before. But the way Shelton Gibson was struggling in individual drills, you know, I felt bad each day, like tweeting out, like, all right, Shelton Gibson can't catch a pass yet again. And it kind of just got, like, depressing at times. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of like there was a moment in practice one day where he dropped, like, three reps in a row. Like, they just kept having him do the rep over and over, and he just couldn't get it. And then he finally did. And all its teammates clapped for him, and it's kind of just like, that's nice, but also it's like, come on, man, this is like the NFL. Like, you're not going to get those second opportunities in the games and things like that. Like, you need to, to come in here and be ready for that, and I'm glad to see they support their teammate, but it's just like, if you're struggling in individuals, you know, that's that's hard because you're not even being asked to, like, think of all the complexities that are going on in the play. You're just asked, you're being asked to do a simple drill and catch the ball, and not being able to do that, obviously a big concern. So that's a big red flag for me. He's another guy that could really easily be on this list because I think – Bonus name. As a, as a fifth-round pick, usually you think those guys are roster locks, but not always. I mean, there's, he's not guaranteed anything. I think the Eagles could either you know try to keep him on the practice squad if somehow he would make it through there. They feel like he could do that or – injured reserve if he gets hurt in the preseason with some kind of minor injury try to stash him away for the season um yeah i think marcus johnson actually has a, a real chance to surprise people and step up and be that fifth or sixth receiver depending on whether the eagles trade jordan matthews and i know there are bgn readers readers who hate that i bring up the fact that the eagles might trade jordan matthews How every time you. i mention his name yeah. so i had to do it for all those people who hate that you're welcome um i think that's yeah i think that's where it's at. I think Johnson, you know, has a chance to make this team and kind of surprise some people. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I'm excited, and I hope uh, that happens. Um, this just came in, which is uh, very surprising to me. This is not Eagles related. I'm just blown away that uh, this actually happened. Dan Orlovsky just got signed by the by the Rams. How does this guy still have an NFL career? Honestly, I mean, Jesus Christ. He ran right out of the back of the end zone right into L.A. Yes. I mean, he just like he, that's all he did. And I, I mean, like he has never played a football game really ever uh, in, in his career. He's never played a real. I know that stats will disagree with me and they'll be like, no, dude, he definitely played games. But he has never played a real NFL game. Is this like is this like my theory that I've never seen Danny Green hit a three? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like I've just never exactly. seen it. It never happens. I've never seen it. I've never seen I, I'm just blown away. Like what at what point do you just and I get it. Look, there are there are people that are probably gonna blow up and, and go cap on it too, which I do agree, like that's atrocious, but it's also you're not gonna bring Colin Kaepernick in there. To be his like fourth string. To be to back up Jared Goff. Well, it's, 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 I have a really great question though. Yes. Is Dan Orlowski better than Jared Goff? It's a good question. <laughs> that's a fantastic question. No one's talking about it. I have no idea. Uh this is more upsetting to him? what's that, buddy? Would you take him over Goff right now if you had to win a game today? Jesus, that's a really good question. It's not a I mean it's not it's you're taking Jared Goff. I mean, like, would you though? I'm, I'm probably not. Oh, come on. Because I know that I know exactly what Dan Orlovsky is, and I think that, I, I mean, he's gonna throw, he's gonna complete fifty seven percent of his passes, and throw an interception and maybe a touchdown. So I, at least it won't be four interceptions, right? Like, I, I don't know. Who would you? Who are you <laughs> taking, Brandon? 
I mean, Jared Goff's rookie year is pretty brutal, I have to say. <laughs> but also, Dan Orlovsky is pretty brutal. I think I'd take G.J. Kenny. Ah, uh, yes. Hey, G.J. Kenny. Speaking of that, um, you know, with the retirement party thing, uh, might be happening in October. It might be happening in season now because we just couldn't really put everything together. But it's not going away. It's still on the table. Uh, all, all I have to say is this: or this Dan Orlovsky thing has made me just as upset as I went to lunch with uh, our boss Spike Eskin. And uh, on Fourth and Market, there's some dude wearing a Dak Prescott fucking jersey right I saw in front that of me. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's just like they, they just wear that shit to be trolls. Yeah, like there's no other reason to wear that out in public. <laughs> it's like it's like you're wearing that just so people say, "Yo, man, fuck the Cowboys, yeah, bro." See? And then you tweet out, "See, yeah. I told you, Philly fans are the worst." And then I'll be like, "Yo, bro, I won Super Bowls, man. How many you got?" <laughs> and he's he has a, he has a Delco accent because he's not from Dallas. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's like sweet. Exactly. Uh, also, in uh, noted in this picture, uh, the uh, the cell phone host holster, which oh, is like, yeah, you can't. Which is like, why would you wear a jersey? Well, because the last time they won a Super Bowl, that was that was still cool, right? right? I don't know if it was ever cool. Those were all just like IT guys, right? That that kind of like that's how that started, and then it then they made them smaller, and then you would carry your Blackberries around and. Then it became like, oh, I'm the businessman. This is the businessman clip. And, That's uh, a great voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, with all that being said, uh, we are very excited that training camp is right around the corner. The hot takes will slowly die down. Well, not necessarily. I guess the, the excitement level bu- uh, bumps up, and then everybody has uh, enormous takes, especially in the fa- fantasy football community. It's my favorite, Especially by the way. he who shall not be named. <laughs> so be, uh, be uh, paying attention to that. Follow us all on Twitter for updates. And also, I don't think we have said this yet, but every day on the WIP Morning Show, you will have an update from either Brandon Lee Gowton, John Barchard, Jack Fritz, or somebody that is around us in the 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock hours every time that we are down at camp rocking and rolling with, uh, with all of the good stuff. So we will have constant updates happening. And then on July 27th, on Thursday, where all the players report, that is the first day of BGN Radio Daily. Me and James Seltzer are going to kick it off Facebook. There's a separate feed that we will definitely be posting from now on, and we'll probably stick just everything in both feeds for a couple of weeks just to get people used to things, and then we'll say, all right, if you like this programming, then uh, here's the other feed for it. So we're all excited to do that, Uh, plus we got uh, a lot of other major things that are happening throughout the season that I think will be very, very awesome. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty and head to the questions. BLG, our good friend Stephen Lee, as always, Chiming in, one of our favorites and uh, uh, the, the I think one of the first Patreon subscribers along with Gary, and you can do that at patreon.com slash BGN radio. Who had the worst offseason? Was it Dallas or was it Washington, Mr. BLG? Before I answer this question, I got to give credit to our guy, Stephen Lee, one of the best question askers regularly yes, in, absolutely. Our, in our Q&A sessions. Also very good specifically at setting over-unders. I feel like he has to be our official over-under guy from now on. He's pretty good at that when it comes to that. So yeah, maybe we'll props get, to Stephen Lee. Maybe we'll get him, uh, like, uh, maybe we'll stick a microphone in front of his face somehow and just be like, you know, he'll be the voice of the over-unders from now on. There we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll work so, on it. So big props to him. As for the question itself, Oh, man, I I love the question. It's a beautiful question. Uh, How could you go wrong? I think it has to be Washington. I really do. I know the Cowboys have gotten in a lot of trouble and everything, but I still think they're going to be a good team overall. Washington, I mean, I think the the damage they've done this offseason is just more long-term. Like, Mm -hmm. they fired the best general manager they've had in years. They 
have they have a franchise quarter like they did the hard part of getting a franchise quarterback and drafting him and developing him and getting him weapons and getting him to play at a high level. And then they messed up the easiest part, which is just to pay the guy. (laughs) They, and then, and then they, they did it. They made it even worse. They released the contract details. Like no one ever does that in the NFL. Cause like, you just don't do that. So they totally just botched this whole thing. They're going to, they're screwed. They either have to one pay Kirk, or Kurt Cousins, excuse me, as Bruce Allen would say, or, or Kurt Coupon, there you excuse go. me, as I would say. <laughs> um, you either have to pay him a boatload of money, and you have to make a guy who is like, I, I forget the record, I don't have it in front of me, but he, he does not fare well against teams with winning records, the most money in NFL history by far, or you have to let him walk, and then the only quarterbacks you have on your roster right now, other than Cousins, are Colt McCoy and that Sudfeld guy who Nick whatever Sudfeld. he's not from he sucks University of Indiana. <laughs> so I think it has to be like Washington 90. who screwed up more. I, I I think we're all in agreement here. And not only BLG, not only did they screw this thing up with dumping a whole bunch of draft picks into a guy that and let's be honest, everybody thought for a year there's like ooh this is going to be a great rivalry between RG3 and Andrew Luck, and no, and we're never going to know who's going to be good at the end of that. Well, after one year, we found out that that's not going to stick around for much longer. On top of that, they paid insurance on that and drafted him in the fourth round, and guess what? It kind of fucking worked. It worked. It worked, and they're pissing it away. That's the most amazing thing that I have ever seen in football. Imagine drafting uh, – uh, who's another first-round bust off the top of somebody's head? Ryan Leaf. Imagine if the Cowboys drafted Ryan Leaf in the first round and Dak Prescott in the fourth, and they still fucked it up. Like that is that to me is mind blowing. Like this is why Washington will always be bad, and why every single and I'm not saying this as an Eagles fan shitting on them. All of Washington needs to just stop rooting for the football team. Just leave. You are paying that fucking asshole good money to fuck you in the ass. Like, get it is done. I would say to every single Washington fan, as just an NFL fan alone, because if this happened in Philadelphia, oh my God, we would have burned the building down. Like, don't go to the games. Cancel all of your season ticket plans. Just stop watching the football team. I know that's hard, and I know you're going to get criticized and saying like, oh, well, I'm not a true fan or whatever. We've reached the point of the money that's going in there is doing nothing but to ruin your life because you're not enjoying your Sundays anymore. You're not going through there to be like, oh, I think we have a playoff chance. Hey, we had this like little thing. We're building a great team together. I think despite losing Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, they've drafted pretty well to kind of replace those. There's some nice pieces. Our offensive line is looking good. Our defense looks pretty good. We have you know the, the highest paid you know free agent in Josh Norman. All of that shit is not going to work after this season. It's done. This is your last year of being competent in, in, in this NFL. This is it. All of Washington, I am begging of you. I hate Dan Snyder so much that I just want you to stop giving him fucking money. Why are you giving this dumb asshole money? Stop. Stop it. That's just that's brotherly love from me to you. Please stop giving Dan Snyder money. So I, too, think Washington had the worst option. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. And uh, we're talking. I want, I want to talk about the Cowboys for a second here. All of their players <laughs> got arrested, but none of them are like, like it's all short term. Like, it, And wait, hold on. Jalen Smith, <laughs> six to nine more months. Six, yeah, on top of like going yeah. to be ready to go for a training game. Actually, the nervous is is not that great. What kicks in first, the Kings pick or Jalen Smith plays the game? <laughs> yeah, BLG. Which which one happens first for you? 
What's that again? King's pick kicks in, or Jalen Smith has uh, has no more nerve issues. King's pick. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, but the, Washington. I mean, they are so beyond fucked, and no one's talking about it. Yes, like they are. Do you think? Do you think Washington sports radio? Like, are they just in denial? I don't know. Like, this is the time where you want to call Chad Dukes and be like, dude. What's going I, on? I need that rant again. Chad had me on last week, actually. Did uh, he? They're pretty. I think here's the here's the thing about Washington fans that like so when when we talk about Cowboys fans and how they're the most delusional. In sports, oh, they're they're next, by the way. But yeah, go ahead. Like that kind of sounds like all right. You know, we're that's coming from Eagles fans. Of course, we're going to say that. Look, I'm not going to say that about Washington fans. Washington fans, for the most part, I would say, are not as delusional. I think they're really more realistic about how bad their team is and how much it sucks. At least our good friends at. Uh, Hogs Haven. Yes, they're usually pretty realistic about that. I stuff. agree with that. I know. I, you know who's not realistic? Blogging the boys mm. and the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fan, franchise. A, a fan, but like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I th- this is hush money. All of this Ezekiel Elliott stuff. It the oh, guy, me, yeah. the guy that disappears all of a sudden after they gave an, they gave the statement to one hundred five point three. The fan is like, I didn't see him punch anybody, and then just deletes his social media after that. And then they the key came. witness was the guy who wanted to take a selfie with Zeke. Yes, exactly. So okay, and then all of a sudden the the Dallas PD publicly on Twitter is asking for the DJ that got pumped in the nose. Pumped. Punched Punch. in the nose. Same thing, right? But, uh, and then the police report goes, I mean, the guy, listen, it's it's not saying like, oh, then there's just some big cover-up and you're conspiracy theorist. No. This happens in the NFL all the time. We've heard stories about it. We've heard stories with Eagles players. Everybody has a cleanup guy. This is, and this is what it is. And that's why, no, and the, the thing that pisses me off the most is no matter what Dallas does and how many awful scumbags that they have run through there, because they are talented football players, Jerry doesn't give a shit. And that's what will continually be there. They will always be semi-relevant because they have a bunch of reigning douchebags that are on their football team, and that's it. I know some people don't care about that. I know it's just like, oh, whatever, just leave alone and you're being biased and you're an Eagles fan. No. I'm not like people are Dallas fans are stupid because they all just think that we're piling on and be like, oh, you're just you wouldn't be saying that it was LaShawn McCoy. Bullshit. Yeah, we we said take, we said take him. I don't you know, Nigel Bradham the same last year. Take him. Josh Huff. I don't know what you're doing, man. You're an idiot. Like people, they they have. It, it, I, I just don't understand it. Anymore. The, the, the best the best that I saw was a tweet that was like, actually, suspension is a good thing because it's, yeah. like, it's only going to help. It's going to help them as the season goes on, which like. It's true, but it's also like a shit take. It's just like, it's, a t- it's like, come <laughs> it's on, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Washington still wins, but Dallas is, is clearly uh, the most delusional here. We appreciate the question, Stephen Lee. Uh, from our good friend Neil Dutton, who actually just made his debut on the uh, Roto, uh, shoot, now I forgot, Roto Wiz, Roto Viz. It's like V, Roto Viz. Roto Viz podcast, and he gave a little Eagles preview with our good friend Jimmy Kemsky, who's obviously going to be a dumpster fire uh, this season. What changes would you make to uh, the uniforms all around in the NFL here, BLG? Would it be... Something like Tampa taking the crimson go back, or uh, he says the Chargers uh, powder blue. I think that's the best jersey in the NFL, and they should wear that all the time. So that's what I would change. Is there a jersey change that you would make in the NFL? I love the powder blue. I love the cream schools, by the way. Uh, I, I, don't as, get as I, I think I mentioned that before that, like, yeah, I think Madden 2013 or so, I would play with like Josh Freeman and Lee Garrett Blunt, funny enough, now on the <laughs> Eagles. Um, and I would always use the cream school jerseys online. I just love that team for some reason. I love that jersey. Um, and as far as the Eagles go, there's a really cool mock up 
that someone did, uh, nmsports.net. It's up on bleedinggreennation.com right mm. now, so you can go check that out. I think the ones that he made, those Kelly Greens, I, you know, if you've heard me talk about the uniforms before, I'm a huge Kelly Green guy. I just, the Midnight Green is so boring. I feel like that era is just over. We need to, to usher in a new era. And I think we need new jerseys. If the look at those, like I feel like the NBA and other leagues, like they just have new jerseys all the time, and it's like this easy thing. Yes. Like the NFL, it's like this complicated process, and it's just like never happens. It's so boring. NFL needs, you know, they're they're already doing stuff to help with the more excitement and the touchdowns and celebration and things like that. Let's spruce up the uniforms too. Yeah, I I like that idea. Uh, just a just a nice clean look of. Whatever, even if it's combining, you know, both uh, both the eras and finding like a good middle. My favorite jersey is the New England Patriots red one. Oh, no, that's a really good. I would one like too. to bring that back. I like their old school logo too. So did I. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big vintage guy. Like I I love Kelly Green. I love the old um, old Phillies logo. Like when they wore powder yes. blues in, in in Milwaukee last week, and I love the powder blues. It's crazy because most of the people hated them when right. they wore them, and that's but now you, they're great now. That's what John Mark said. But yeah. I think you know when, when I don't know. I, I like the vintage, I like the old Sixers logos, everything, <laughs> all vintage. The Flyers yeah. never change. But. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. Vintage is still still the same, which is cool. I like that. Oddly enough, for their playoff chances, most years in and out as well. So uh, this is coming from our good friends, the Green Legion, as we just mentioned. We're going to team up with them, uh, and we are going to Los Angeles. We're still trying to work out all the details, but definitely go uh, and check them out at Simply. Uh, just going to their website there, greenlegion.com. They've got a lot of trips just booked, not just L.A. I know that they have one uh, that's coming up for Kansas City. They take care of all of the, the different headaches that you have to do, the tickets, uh, airfare if you need it. Uh, hotels it's all in one package they're great guys we're gonna have a fun time they do tailgates uh for home games as well so go check them out greenlegion.com and we'll give you all the uh the fun details of what's going on uh, as we make our way out to la blg obviously lehigh was more fun for fans uh, but what's better for the team is it camp at lehigh or is it camp at novacare it's easily camp at Novacare. There's just so much like equipment and all of the the convenience of everything involved there the sports science all of just having the the locker room and the weight room right there and and I think that's easily way more convenient for the players and I think better for the team overall and and look there was an incident just this spring where the power went out one day like if that happened in Lehigh like the team's kind of just screwed yeah, and if, and, yeah. and I was there and so they went over to the link and they could do it there so boom and then there was I remember being there or you know back in the day when um, they would practice indoors when it rained at Lehigh. Like they, it wasn't even a real practice. Like they were standing in like a basketball gym and like just basically like standing around. Like now they can at least go into the bubble, and the bubble is limited because it's not huge. But they can at least do some things. Like they couldn't do anything if it rained back in training camp when it practiced. They practiced at Lehigh, so I get that the atmosphere was great at Lehigh, but to me, it's way better for the team to have it in Philly. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. I mean, there's just. Just like you said, everything's right there. The weight rooms, their their training programs are all kind of set in place. Everyone has you know one spot to go into, and I know it's not as cool for the fans, but at the same time, um, yeah, I think it, well. Plus, the drive for us is is a, it's so much faster. Like, like, I mean, it's in Bethlehem. Yeah, like exactly. like, like who cares? I mean, I like wow. People, look at that. Like, they're not like Lehigh I, Valley. I don't know, man. Like Zach Fritz's number one enemy. <laughs> <laughs> like like like. Like there's so many more people down here. Like Westchester made more sense, cause me. Oh yeah, look at that. Westchester. Yeah, just put it in Westchester. That's where it was. Cause Westchester's awesome. That's where that's where Man. it was. It was it. Yeah. When it was before Novacare or before Lehigh. 
Oh, way, way back in Seattle. Yeah, it was, like, it was like Bill Berge, all those guys. Wow, look at that. Parents yeah, Westchester. Like, all right, in that sense, it would make a little more sense. But I mean, it wouldn't make sense now. Yeah. I don't know why. How, does anybody remember why Andy chose Lehigh? It's just so random. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's probably a story behind it. It, it. Tell us because, I mean, we'll probably Google it afterwards and whatever, but just let us know because I'm, I'm very curious about that. Uh, from uh, at, my, at not my real emails, because although James Seltzer is not here, he did in fact have beers in Portland with our good friend John from Portland. That's not my real email. So nice. he asks, and uh, we uh, wish we could do that too, and we're very jealous of it, if the left guard battle is so close in camp, how do the coaches decide? Is it an eating contest? Is it a talent show? An eight-mile uh, rap battle? And who wins, Jack Fritz? To which one, though? Yeah, the, to, All you, you have to choose it, and who wins? Stefan Wisniewski wins the eating contest. Yeah, I like that. Ooh, he's, I'm not sure. I, I feel like... I feel like Sayomalo would whoop his ass. Really? Yeah, See, he looks I like think, an eater to me. I think Wisniewski's got a nasty edge to him, and I think that really comes out <laughs> when you're when you're in an eating contest. Depends on the food, but all right, yeah, yeah. He's, think, he's got that right. edge to him that you okay. need. He's got a little Joey Chestnut in him. Um, so you say eating contest, and it's Wisniewski. Yes. All right, BLG, uh, you have talent show or eight-mile battle rap. Which one are you choosing, and who wins? Can I make up my own? You can make up your own. I'm going to say a beauty contest because obviously <laughs> Isaac Sumalo has the best hair out of all of the offensive linemen ah. in that competition. I don't know. I think you saw it, John. Dude, that fro is huge. That yeah, thing is, is awesome. I think I think he wins. Man, I like that idea. I'm going to go with the talent show, uh, and I think it's Chance Warmack that wins the talent show because I think he's just got a hidden talent that we've never seen before. And I'm just going to go with that. Okay. I think he's going to surprise everybody. It's just like, oh, actually, I'm a better magician than uh, John Dernboss, and he, I'm going to make the entire locker room disappear. I don't think Stefan Wisniewski has a talent. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think he can do anything. <laughs> he just said he could eat like a madman. That's talent. No, I know, but that's like having a nasty. Like, I don't think he's really <laughs> good at anything else like, besides <laughs> playing football. And like, like he doesn't he doesn't strike me as a guy that has many hobbies. Yeah. Well, that's all right. That's yeah. That's I I don't think so either. Or has like. The the nerdiest hobby oh, ever. Oh, he's definitely not a reader. No, he's not. A, oh, I think he is a reader. Really? I think he. Yeah, I think he would. I, I think he's like. Uh, here is my uh, collection of ships in a bottle. Oh no, Steph, we're talking about Stefan was new. Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> like the nerdiest thing you can think of, I think is is what his like hobby is, or just something that nobody else is into really, except for old people. Oh, I see no way. No, I see it's just I see it's rolling <laughs> out of bed. What do I eat today? And then back in bed. <laughs> That's all I see. Total knuckle dragger, Stefan Wisniewski. Again, uh, you can uh, let Jack know what you think about his opinions <laughs> at James Seltzer uh, for that. Uh, this is from our Tim Westcott. Fantastic question. I love this question, BLG. Would you rather have the NFC East be like the early 90s, lots of great teams, or the early 2000s where the Eagles are good, the rest are bad? And, and for him, he's saying, oh, I'll take the 2000 time when the Eagles were good and everybody else is bad. Well, would you want the NFC East to be rocking and rolling or not? All right. Now, I was listening to the podcast last week, and you guys are talking about, oh, it would just be so great if Dak Prescott's really good and, <laughs> and yeah, Carson Wentz is really good. Yes, it would. And that would just be awesome. It would be great. No, I don't want the Cowboys to be good at all. I want them to suck every year. I want them to go and 0-16 and every single year. I don't want to see the Cowboys be good. I don't want to see them accidentally like almost maybe Eli Manning themselves into like a Super Bowl ring or two. I don't want them anywhere near the playoffs. I don't want them, want them to be good. I get the idea. I've heard it that 
you know, oh, the rest of the East being good helps the Eagles be good. No. Look at the Patriots no, dominating that division every year. Yeah. I want the Eagles to be good. I want everyone else to suck. Yeah, I, but I'm 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 so, I, I'm just the same way. I want every team in the NFC to be good because the regular season is so fucking good when that happens. Yep. It's it's the highest highs and the lowest lows. Everybody thinks is like, oh, we're never going to make the playoffs. Oh, we're totally going to make the playoffs. It just goes back and forth. All the I love the upswings and downswings of the football season. Sure, is it nice to go like, ah, fuck you guys. We're going to run nine. We're going to run nine in a row, and we're just going to run everybody over and make the playoffs every year. Yes, I, I trust me. At the end of the day, I would of course love that. But just just the fact that you can say in the same long along the lines of if Dak Prescott ends up being really good and has a good career and the Eagles still fucking whoop his ass every time, I get to stomp all over draft Twitter when that happens. Say, I told you, I told you, I told you. I want all the competition in the world and them to come out on top. I'm in complete agreement with John Barcher. <laughs> I want Oh my god! If uh, I want to shit, BLG on writes the checks though, so you now you're in trouble. I agree, but yeah, oh my god, dude! Fired. <laughs> like I, I just think I think sports and sports rivalries. I think it's all gotten soft. I think Red Sox Yankees gotten soft. I think Carolina. Are you going to go on a participate participation trophies rant here in a minute? Uh, I mean, I don't like them, but uh, <laughs> but I'm like, just kidding. no, but like you, I I do think rivalries have gotten soft. Like, there's not a great rivalry anymore. Like, there's sure Michigan Ohio State's still fine. Duke Carolina is not the same as it used to be. Red Sox Yankees not the same as it used to be. And God damn it, I want everyone to be good and angry at each other. And it, it brings out the best and the worst in sports fans. Yes. And I want to be angry all the time. Or ex- like it would make winning that much more sweet. I understand winning the regular season and like like the Patriots. I get it. It's cool. But like, like every year going in and out, being like, are we gonna win the NFC? Is this gonna make everything more exciting rather than oh. wait rolling out of bed? And <laughs> it's, just, it's gonna be more fun. I think it's gonna be more fun beating the Cowboys when they're good. It's always more fun than beating them when they're bad. I get it when they're bad. That's better for everyone. But it's just also way more fun to shit on them. Yes, and I'm a, I'm in the same way with video games and everything else. Like if especially in the, Brandon and all the the rest of the Overwatch world as I keep posting those videos. We'll know this. Like, I hate guys that play like the same hero and just fucking win every time. And like, <laughs> I win. You know, like, no, man. I want to. Sh- I want to see all of the greatness. I want to see that you can, you know, uh, master all of these different things. I, I, I don't like the mentality of, of like, oh yeah, well we're just gonna win because everybody else sucks. No, I want them. I want to. And trust me, it's not like it won't be happy. I that would be awesome. But, but it's more satisfying. The it's games just more are gonna satisfying. be even more tense. Yes. Like you're gonna be like you like. You're gonna think about that game like I need this for my life. Like yeah, I just, just I can't even 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 when the division was bad. Like walking into that forty-four to six game, nobody knew. No. Nobody knew that was gonna happen. I was shitting my pants for at least a quarter and a half because it was only three to nothing. You were going back and forth. Then all of a sudden the floodgates opened and I just started laughing hysterically on on everything that happened during that play. So I don't know. I'm, I bet you though. I bet you that there are more people that agree with BLG. Hundred percent. Right, BLG, like you, you. Because I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, if he's listen, if you're no. wrong. You're wrong about this, and you're wrong about mustard, and I won't have any of it. But wow. uh, uh, so we have. Uh, what do we have? A couple more. A couple. Oh yeah. So uh, first of all, Kerry Johnson, who I was just mentioning, who's also another one of our fabulous producers and Patreon subscribers, and you guys got to get ready too because the emails are coming on when you guys are going to come on the show this season. I can't believe that it's 
taken uh, uh, this long, but it's also gone by so incredibly fast. So uh, be ready for all that. She just says, "Do you wish you were here?" And she says, "It's a nice shot of a of there is literally no cloud in the sky pool. There's a little tiki walk up bar. It looks like." Also, random note: the uh, the 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 pool snacks place bar, which is uh, escaping me for some reason, has a subway in it. So. Yes, I'm jealous of that, except for the subway being there. So, that, <laughs> uh, But other than that, I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the podcast here, BLG. Uh, any final thoughts uh, from you, sir? Final thoughts? We are a ton of reviews away from 1,000 or even 800 <laughs> on iTunes, yeah. so please make sure you do that. Please give us a review. Uh, we, very, we very much appreciate it. Um, obviously, listen to the WIP show. That which is this Saturday, one to what, three John? p.m. One to three p.m. will be will all be there. Um, I think that just about does it. I'm looking forward to training camp. It's going to be a hellacious first week, seven days straight, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the veterans arrive a little later, but for the guys who get there on Monday or Sunday rather next week and practice starts on Monday, it's going to be a, a long, tough stretch. I'm excited for football to be back, man. Like it's it's been too long. I think the team can actually at least have a chance at being pretty good this year. You know, at least I think the playoffs are obviously in in the mix. I, I can't believe we didn't talk about Doug Peterson's comment that the Eagles are better than a Super Bowl team uh, that he was on. But I I, I don't I, you know I, I guess we're saving that for another time. Yeah, but. we'll actually get we'll probably actually do that again uh, mid midway even. We might even do an extra early episode after this one, just after the rookies reported and and get into some of that stuff because we wanted to do that and we also wanted to talk about the, you know the the actual window of the Eagles and is it more a little more closed or a little more wide open in a, a bunch of people's viewpoints. But yeah, I mean, like again, just to sneak it in real quick, I didn't have a problem with it. And this team should be a playoff team, and I am expecting them to be a playoff team. And if they're not, then it's a really easy, simple solution, and you you kind of move on if it's a disastrous season. But continue, BLG. Let's make the playoffs. <laughs> Jack Fritz, your final thoughts, my friend. Uh, just thanks for everyone for listening to the Counterpoint Podcast. Absolutely. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun through two weeks, and I uh, hope you all enjoy it and hope you, you keep listening. Uh, I, will have, <laughs> I will have training camp pass this year, and I don't plan on asking very serious questions. Yes. I want to ask questions like, would you ever call Alshon L? And I want to <laughs> see I want to see these players' responses, and I don't know if I'm going to have a training camp pass by the first week. Well, there you go. So... <laughs> Uh, Jack Fritz uh, ruining everybody's credibility in one week, and uh, <laughs> it all falls on my shoulders. <laughs> That's right. That's all you. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm just going to say I'm also just excited for uh, the entire season and the off season. And you guys have been incredible throughout this, and it's so much fun to just you know shoot the shit with you guys through the through the dead zone here. And there's just been so many good questions and interactions. And again, for our UK audience, you guys have been fantastic. Uh, there is a, uh, a a Facebook group for the BGN Radio listeners that are there. You can go seek us out. I think it's just BGN Radio UK. Uh, and there's been a lot of great posts, and we appreciate all the feedback. And we will try eventually to ramp up and get get uh, get us over to London because I think that would be uh, a ton of fun. BGN Radio Daily is coming your way, and on Monday, I know there's been a little bit of of delay with upon further review. Uh, Vince has been in Aruba, enjoying some time there. No big deal. Apparently, he doesn't even like the ocean, and he's going to Aruba. So I don't understand what? that one. But doesn't we don't like the ocean. I know it's insane to me. Uh, but we do have two back to back episodes of upon further review. One is with me and talking about fourth and twenty six with uh, a bunch of different uh, old eagles on there, and we're trying to get Deuce Staley, so that's the only thing that's kind of holding that up. Uh, And then also he's got another one, a great one back-to-back, so we'll kind of release those 
uh, in the next uh, few days here. And then also, along with that, Vince has put together some pretty awesome desktop and uh, phone photos for training camp to get you uh, ready to rock and roll, and we'll be releasing those on bgnradio.com uh, on the on that same day on Monday. We'll we'll have a ton of cool little different photoshops, and we'll get the eagle schedules prepared for you guys, and it's going to be a really fun season. We're looking forward to it. It all starts with training camp on Monday. Uh, for myself, I am John Barcher for Jack Fritz, and of course, Brandon Lee Gowton. This has been BGN Radio, episode number 246, right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Oh.